This podcast is provided for general information and for general information purposes only and does not replace your financial, tax, legal or finance product advice. Hello everyone and welcome to The Female Investor, your chance to listen to two of Australia's leading property experts talking about all things property, buying, finance, strategy and lots more. Kate Hill and Nicola McDougall are the authors of the book, The Female Investor, Creating Wealth, Security and Freedom Through Property. Kate is an award-winning property mentor and coach, a qualified property investment advisor and founder of buyer's agency, Advisable. And she's a successful property investor herself. Nicola is an award-winning and prolific property journalist. She has been involved in property research, analysis and reporting for 15 years. And she is also a successful property investor herself. Property investment is one of the simplest, safest and preferred ways for women to create financial freedom. And with the right information to make an educated and informed decision, this can be achieved. If you know a woman who is concerned about her financial future, or maybe that's you, if you're keen to improve your chances of creating an income for life, then this is your place to learn, be inspired and motivated. Along with some special guests, Kate and Nicola will be offering genuine practical news and tips to women of any age to stake your claim on the property market. So come on, ladies, stay tuned And let's do this together. Hello, everyone. It's Kate here. And today I've got a couple of different segments for you. The first is a bit of a strategy session from me discussing risk profiles and whether you are ready to invest in property. And following that, I've got all your latest property news. So stay tuned. Okay, ladies. Now, I know that this might not sound very compelling, but I honestly can't stress enough how important this all is what I am about to talk about. All property investors, regardless of whether you are just starting out or whether you are seasoned and are buying property number six, need to have a really close understanding of their own particular risk profile. Now, there are some very clever and skilled salespeople out there. Nicola and I talk about spruikers all the time, and it's easy to get excited by the prospects property investment provides, particularly given the really strong returns of recent times. But as well as going up, obviously, the markets can go down and it can cause devastating issues for anyone who is just not properly prepared. So, While property can be one of the safest ways to invest money, you can also get it really wrong if you're not careful. And you can lose a lot of money in the process. So you do need to conduct proper analysis of your own particular risk profile. Okay, so analyzing the risks. This should be considerations around your age, your work, your financial position, and prospects including any existing equity or deposit. Everything needs to be included. Now, these things and more, you need to take these into account and accurately analyze them in 
honestly, like really realistic detail to determine exactly what level of risk is suitable and what you're comfortable with for your circumstances. And when I say level of risk, I mean things like the potential cash flow of a property, the age of a property. What does all that mean, right? So when I'm talking about the age of the property, that will often relate to the level of maintenance that might need to be done. Having said that, some of our older properties, they were built to last. And some of the newer properties, you have nothing but maintenance. But anyway, (laughs) there's also the area that the property is in that can also be a risk, the kind of tenants that you get. There are risks such as buying in the wrong market at the wrong time or overextending yourself. So a drop in house prices can leave you in a position of negative equity, which basically just means that the amount of money that you owe on the property is more than the current value of the property itself. There is an argument that property investing is safer than the stock market because the property will always be there no matter what. It is bricks and mortar. It's a physical asset. So many people feel that they can ride out any downturn in the property market if they keep their eye on the longer term vision. But still, all investors need to assess risk profiles to work out how they will manage if things go badly economically, either for themselves or for the economy as a whole. If you don't adequately assess your risk profile using the guidance of an experienced and qualified property advisor, for example, you could easily end up purchasing property that restricts your capacity to grow your portfolio in the future. If you end up buying a really high risk investment that turns bad, you can end up in real trouble, both financially and emotionally, promise me. So do your due diligence. Now, sadly, one of the big issues for any investor is when they haven't done enough due diligence or they know that the market or industry well enough. The first property you buy can often make the biggest impact on your overall property portfolio success. If it goes wrong, people often don't have as much backup to access cash and they can end up losing a large chunk or all of their investment if they are stuck with no way to pay the bills, for example, the mortgages and all those costs. And it's not just the property market dropping. You've got to consider potential issues such as your health, the health of your partner, your family. This often gets overlooked. The whole fact of building in financial buffers, it's important to help you deal with unexpected circumstances. Losing your job is another risk, of course. Allowing for the fact that this might happen means you can plan for it in advance. And if you've got a property that is not costing you a lot, that might even be paying for itself, well, then that's great. It doesn't actually matter too much what happens in your personal life because the property will keep growing and you don't have to put in a lot of money to hold it every week. Managing your cash flow. So managing your cash flow is, of course, also really, really important. Keep a budget, get to grips with what ifs. What if this happens? What if that happens? This might also minimize your anxiety around the whole thing. And in any of these circumstances, because you will have then planned your approach and you'll have considered the impact financially of these circumstances. So having said all of that, you don't want to be that neurotic and obsessive about potential risks that you never end up moving ahead with anything at all, right? (laughs) 
Just be aware that stuff is going to happen. Okay, so who are you? Your personality plays a factor in all of this too. You might be more conservative or more of a risk taker. Your attitude to money affects your risk profile, unsurprisingly. Do you run a tight budget and save money every month generally, or do you live week to week and see if there's anything left at the end, right? You know I'm a massive believer in spreadsheets, in tracking your expenditure, know what is going in and going out. Any investment requires discipline, organization, focus, and those relevant skills to interpret and define and learn from the research so that you can develop your strategy. And obviously you can get help with this from financial advisors and property advisors. If you have investment experience, then this can also affect your attitude to risk. If you've had a bad experience with an investment in the past, then you might be hesitant to make the most of the best opportunities out there for you right now. And on the other hand, if you've been in the very fortunate and positive position and all your investments have been successes and you've seen them work for others and it's seemingly easy, then you might be blinded by optimism and overconfidence based on previous market conditions. It is really important to be honest with yourself about what you're feeling. Now, you can't ignore gut feel and instinct. We all get a feel for an area or a property, but you must never make emotional decisions and ignore the data. Okay, ladies, get educated, which is obviously why you're listening to this fabulous podcast, right? Before you do your first or your next deal, make sure you spend time getting educated and totally across what you're comfortable with, what you need to know, the best tools to help you have a clear view of your strategy and goals. Now, again, I come back to you, this might not be your first property investment. This might be your sixth or seventh or who knows, second. And you might feel like you know it all. Promise me right now that you will never, ever think that you know it all. I do this for a living. I buy property for my clients every day of the week and I'm still learning. I am still never taking for granted that I know everything. I know a lot, obviously, (laughs) but always learn, always learn from mistakes and always do more research. Over the last 60 years, we have seen massive gains in many, many global markets and property is considered a growth asset. But downturns do and will happen, especially with the wrong property purchase. And this is why it's so important to keep approaching every property purchase that you make afresh. Never assume that you know anything. Be it the type of property, the wrong location, or the wrong economic conditions. Stuff like that is going to happen. Now, I study property markets professionally, like I've said, and you really do need to understand all of this. I have to understand it on behalf of all my clients before we make any kind of property purchase. And like I say, it doesn't matter whether you're a first-timer or a seasoned investor. Having this right research done, building the right team around you, it is critical for any investor wanting to grow their property portfolio. So organizing the right due diligence ensuring that your property purchase is statistically appropriate for you, your particular circumstances and risk profile, 
And learning the important detail around how best to manage your investments is so, so, so important. To avoid big potential problems down the track and to maximize your chances of success, successful property investing is a path that now, more than ever, requires proper care and consideration, okay? Getting your risk profile right and keeping it up to date It's perhaps one of the most important things that you will ever do, okay? Right, lecture over with everyone. Just enough for this segment. Well, I hope you found that segment about risk profiles useful. It is really, really important, as I kept saying. And now for all your latest property news. So as if there wasn't enough rental stress going on, I did report on that you might remember last time. Capital city rents are also continuing to rise as vacancy rates fall further throughout Australia. Now, SQM Research, uh, they are a really good research website, everyone, if you want to go and look them up. They say that vacancy rates in the smaller capital cities are below 1% and around 2% in Sydney and Melbourne. Vacancies are under 1% in most regional markets. That is really, really, really low. Capital city average asking rents have increased to $627 per week for houses and $447 per week for units. And this follows significant decreases in vacancy rates in all cities in the past month and also over the past year. SQM's analysis found that Perth, Brisbane and Canberra had the largest increases in asking rents for houses during the last four-week period. The latest increases mean that asking rents have increased by 14% in the last 12 months for houses and 8.5% for units. Now, SQM have said, given the dramatic tightening in vacancy rates, we are seeing an ongoing acceleration in weekly market rents across our Australian capital cities. We can expect capital city rents to rise by over 10% in 2022. Australia is forecast to have a shortage of dwellings of over 163,000 by 2032. Now, unsurprisingly, this forecast comes from property builders and developers. Both Mervac and Borrell have told the National Housing, Finance and Investment Corporation panel, it's quite a, quite a mouthful, that the shortfall is a result of an increase in single-person households and the return of migration-driven population growth. They've said that adding to the issue is that planning regulations around the country are quite convoluted and complicated, particularly in New South Wales, though I'm sure not just in New South Wales. We have migration turning on at the same time as we're going to have an undersupply of housing, they've both said. So that takes us right back to the supply issue and the need urgently to get more supply into the market. Now, for all you lady investors out there, you might remember that Nicola and I have talked about supply and demand before. I've talked about it with Tina Howes from Smart Move in one of our conversations. And you're going to read about it a lot in the book. It's a big part of what drives property growth, right? It's all about supply and demand. 
Anyway, back to the news. The NHFIC's State of the Nation's Housing 2022 report predicts that the number of single-person households will rise from 25% to 27.5% by 2032. Mervac and Borrell both say that this means that unit developments will be an increasingly important part of Australia's housing picture. And hot on the heels of that news item, a slowdown in development of new apartment buildings plus a trades and materials shortage could lead to an undersupply of apartments along Australia's east coast. Now, market forecasts by Charter Keck and Kramer, they are a real estate consultancy, on the Brisbane, Sydney and Melbourne markets predict that the number of apartments completed in 2024 will be about half of what is being developed this year. It says that this could result in a severe undersupply of new homes in two years' time, which will add further pressure to the rental market. Charter Keck and Kramer say that overseas investors drove previous apartment building booms, but they don't believe that there will be the same level of demand for investment, even with international borders now open in Australia. They think that investment will more likely come through institutional funding in the future. With vacancy rates at historic lows in many, many regions, the looming shortage of new apartments is expected to make it even tougher for renters to find and afford rental properties. That is not such bad news for investors. The value of property bought by self-managed superannuation funds, those are retirement funds, pension funds as they're often called in Europe, that increased by 22% in the past year to a record $140 billion. Borrowing by self-managed superannuation or retirement funds to buy residential and commercial properties also increased by 22% during the same period, according to Australian tax office figures. The SMSF Association says that in 2021, the biggest increase in property investment was by company owners purchasing their offices, warehouses or factories and leasing those premises back to their super fund. The tax office figures show about $91 billion was invested in non-residential property. There are strict rules, of course, for buying property in an investment fund. H&R Block say that tenants are still required to pay market value rent and while it might be a worthwhile investment for a business owner, they do still need to consider if it's a good investment for their superannuation fund. They say that owners need to take into account the yield and expected growth. But then we would say that about any investor anywhere. And that's it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it and found it super useful. You can email us with any questions that you have on info at thefemaleinvestor.com.au. Don't forget to order a copy of the book, The Female Investor. You can go to your local bookstore, pick it up on Amazon or Booktopia or anywhere that good books are sold. And you can head to thefemaleinvestor.com.au where you can click on the links and also find lots of resources on property investing, news, hints, tips and videos. We will be with you all again soon. Stay safe and well, everyone. 
Bye for now. 